Good evening, everyone. Tonight's class is titled, If God Created Everything, How Did Evil Come? A classical question with uh, much, much debate and discussion around it. And hopefully tonight we'll get some good and very valuable and potent insights into good and bad and their mission. I say their mission, each one has a respect. <coughs> but to start off, I want to start off. I'm sorry, excuse me, where are we? I want to start off introducing a story, the story of Moses. Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu is in the desert and the Jewish people need water. What do they do when they need something or when they want something? Or at this point in the desert, what do they do when they're bored? We complain, exactly. <laughs> so the first time we complained, Hashem tells, tells Moshe, take your staff and hit the rock. What happens when Moshe hits the rock? Out comes many different, from this rock comes many different But he didn't fountains. tell him to hit the rock, did he? The first time, and here's, here's a good, good. The first time that this happened, it happened twice, Hashem said, hit the rock. Later on, a similar story takes place. And this time Hashem says, talk to the rock. Moshe Rabbeinu, he's there, and he's talking to the rock, and it's not working. So he says, I must have misheard. It's not, it's not working. Let me try to hit the rock. What's the big deal? And he hits the rock and it works. Sounds like a brilliant plan. But Hashem says, no, no, no. I said, talk to the rock. You hit the rock. You're not going into Israel. What happened here? Hashem said, talk to the rock. It didn't work. He hit the rock, it did work. He's Moshe Rabbeinu was punished for hitting the rock, which worked. So he tried to do what Hashem said, it didn't work. He tried talking, it didn't work. And if Hashem said to talk, why did Moshe try and hit? Hashem said talk, talking is talking. It's a, good, it's a practical question, right, right, Brett? Very practical question, classical question. And I'd like to share with you what Rashi shares with us. Shlomo Yitzchakin, I'd like to also share with you what the Rashbam shares with us on this topic. So Rashi starts off, and let me quote to you the Sukkim in Hebrew and translate it into English, and we'll see on a natural level, the passages are cryptic and don't make sense. They read as follows. Chapter 20 of Chumash Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, chapter 20, verse 10. Gather all the Jewish people around the rock. And he tells them, Shimunahamorim, listen up, rebellious people. 
You think Hashem could give you water from this rock? That's interesting. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jewish people, Hamin, you think Hashem could give you... Of course Hashem could. What's Moshe Rabbeinu asking a question? That's passage 10. Passage 11. Vayarem Moshe es yado Moshe raises his hand. Vayaches hasel abimateu pamayim. And he hits the rock twice. Another interesting fact. Why twice? One time should we do the trick. A lot of water flows out. And everyone now drinks. Beautiful story. They gather everyone together. Moshe Rabbeinu says, You believe water could come from this rock? He hits it twice. Water flows out. What, what was Moshe Rabbeinu turning? He gathered them together to show them that water can come from a rock. And he turns to them and he says, Can water come from a rock? What do you mean? It's like me telling you to come to a class to learn about good and bad. And I tell you, I wouldn't have a clue about it. That would be a bad, false advertising, right? What's so Rashi shares... And I'll, I'd like to read it again. Fat, Rashi's words are always lush and hazav, beautiful. Rashi says, In this scenario, the second time, they didn't know which rock Hashem had said to talk to. Because the rock went, rocks could move, I guess they have feet. No, a miracle happened and the rock left. The Yashav lo bein haslaim and hid amongst other rocks. The specific rock that Hashem had said to talk to had disappeared. Kishen istalak this, yeah. So the rock that Moshe Rabbeinu was supposed to talk to, we don't know which one it is now. So the Hay Yisrael Omrim Lahem, so now the Jewish people are telling Moshe Rabbeinu, what is this? What are you going looking for the rock? Any rock works. You ever saw a rock give water? You haven't seen it. So who cares which rock? So now Moshe Rabbeinu tells them, Amorim, Sarvanim. Rashi, so Rashi shares with us, Moshe Rabbeinu now tells the Jewish people, rebellious people, you think I could just talk to a rock? I can't give you water from any rock. I have to find the rock Hashem said. Okay, so there's one rock Moshe Rabbeinu is looking for now. Finally, finally, Moshe Rabbeinu hits a rock twice. Why twice, says Rashi? The first time, only little drips were coming out. The rock was trying to send a message. Don't hit me, don't hit me, talk to me. Moshe did it again, and a lot of water came out. That's Rashi's understanding of the story. Any questions of it? No questions. I know, David has a question. But we'll leave it for now. Rashbam shares with us a beautiful thought. He says, I don't understand. If Hashem tells you to talk, you talk. Moshe Rabbeinu was a tzaddik. He knew he has to talk to the rock. So why did he hit the rock? Basha, it's a good question, right? 
This is a question that a five-year-old should have. Right? Rashi wrote his comments for five-year-olds. That's what we learned. It's a, it's a, it, in other words, it's a simple question. It, we would call it a klutz kasha. You know what a klutz is? You've heard of a klutz? Klutz kasha, it's like a basic question. We can't go further without... What was Moshe Rabbeinu thinking? Says the Rashbam, Umasha Amar lo HaKadosh Baruch Hu V'dibartem el HaSela Once Moshe Rabbeinu saw that he's not talking, talking is not working, so Moshe Rabbeinu thought, I misunderstood. What did Hashem mean when He said, talk to the rock? Moshe thought Hashem was using beautiful language kind of poetic language saying let the stick talk to the rock how does a stick talk to the rock? you hit it right? sometimes we use what would it be called a euphemism would that be an appropriate yes. appropriate word here mm-hmm. a metaphor we're taking we're taking a stick when Hashem said talk to the rock he meant he meant hit the rock would that be a method of, recon- of, of understanding how Moshe Rabbeinu could make such a mistake a euphemism is saying um, instead of saying I had to take a I had to move my bowels. More, uh, uh, you don't say he died; he passed away. Passed away is the euphemism. So, so here, here, Moshe Rabbeinu understood. Talking to the rock meant hitting the rock with a stick. <clears throat> the stick should talk to the rock. Okay, but what did we learn from this story? Was Hashem upset at Moshe Rabbeinu? Very upset. <laughs> It's a mistake of a lifetime. He didn't listen. But it wasn't he didn't listen. In other words, if you tell a child to clean up his room and he doesn't clean up, he's not listening. But I know, especially in my position now as principal, I know very often children literally, they misunderstand what I'm saying. I say something and they take me completely literal. They're not understanding what I meant. And you know what, I, before I get upset at them, I, I recognize that I, I didn't express myself clearly to that child. Everyone else understood, but one child didn't. And he truly didn't. He, he took in what I was saying differently. Did Moshe Rabinu intentionally sin? God forbid. Did he even sin? <laughs> As a tzaddik, he didn't sin. He sinned because he was on the highest level. For someone on that level, if Hashem said talk, Take a literally. Hashem said talk. Don't. That's a story. And we have many stories in Torah where if a word is being used, if, then that is the way it is. No questions asked. It has to be perfect. And this is going to bring us now, you asked where, where we're holding, we're now holding chapter 22. When the Torah uses a term for anything, we must say that that term is a perfect definition of what we're discussing. What, are we t- what have we been discussing previously? Chapter 18, 19, 20, 21. We've been discussing how the creation happened from which part of Hashem? From the... Which part of Hashem did creation, creation happen from? 
from speech. No, from Hashem's speech. Okay, you get points, you get points. <laughs> what is the defining factors of a human speech? We said two things. A human speech is the lowest part of him and it separates. You can't take it back. But we came on to say that Hashem, Hashem's speech, when we say that the world was created with Hashem's speech, that sharing with us it was created from the lowest parts of Hashem, but it is not sharing with us that the speech, God forbid, separates from Hashem, because there is nothing separated from Hashem. So let's repeat this. The definition of speech is two things. That it's the lowest, one of the lowest aspects of you. Why one of the lowest? What's under speech? What is something that has a lower energy than speech? Action. The defining fact, how do we define speech as something that comes from a low aspect, a low part of a person and it separates from you? Yet within Hashem, the only aspect of speech we can share is that it comes from a low area because nothing separates from Hashem. Does that make sense? No. Because like we've just saw with the story of Moshe, and like if the Torah is sharing with us a term, then the term has to be a complete and full term. If the Torah says Hashem created the world with speech, that must mean that Hashem has speech both in the aspect that it comes from the, lowest, the lower parts of Hashem and that in some area the speech of Hashem separates from Him. In what aspect does the speech of Hashem separate from Him? How could we, God forbid, say the speech of Hashem separates from Him? What's the answer? Once it's issued, it cannot be called back. I disagree. I disagree. Why do I disagree? Do you want an example? You'll give me an example. You're half right. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm happy for an example, but I'll tell you right now you're half right. Before Moses brought down the tablets and the Ten Commandments, Israel heard Hashem pronounce them. They did not lessen their impact or their importance just because they had not yet seen them in the solid material form. We regard the Torah as the supreme authority and issuance of Hashem and he did so first by his speech. Correct. But what, what I meant before so if I understood you, what you said was Hashem cannot change what He says. Did I understand correctly? Insofar as our world, once He issues it, it is ours. He obviously could do anything He wanted. But insofar as giving a law, Got it. Say, oh, I don't feel like that one this year. We've got to be modern. We'll just let that one go. Just David aroused within me an interesting thought. So in a context that David is sharing, of course, Hashem says if the Torah will never change. But there is a fascinating, fascinating insight I want to share. Off topic, but a very beautiful idea. Immutable. If Hashem says He's going to do something good, the law is as follows. How do you know if a prophet is true? Beautiful insight. How do you know if a prophet is true? If he uses a change or... If a prophet tells you the future and it happens, you know he's, you know he's, he's true. And different details within how that works comes to the question, is that always correct? And the answer is no. If 
a prophet told you something amazing that's going to happen, something good, Hashem will never change his mind on something good. And if that doesn't happen, he's a liar. He's a false prophet, and whatever should happen to false prophets should happen to him. But if a prophet tells you something bad, that means Hashem told him, I'm going to do something terrible on such and such a day, and it does not happen. The prophet is still a trustworthy prophet. Because bad Hashem could change. I thought that was an interesting point. So, so you, were, you were correct in, in, how, in what you said, but I, you aroused with me this point, that 50-50, so to say. Um, Jonah said, God has done this, and if you don't repent and show that you understand that you have been evil, you will be destroyed. He said, you will be destroyed, but he didn't do it. Why? Because the people repented. Very good. And Jonah was actually another story I was thinking of sharing tonight. Jonah is a similar story. Shem gave a command. Shem told Jonah to do something. It's going to happen. So back to our conversation. Hashem, Hashem must have an aspect of speech which is separate from Him. But it can't be separate from Him because nothing is separated from Hashem. So we're saying the impossible has to be possible. We're saying the impossible, that something is separated from Hashem, must be possible. Well, speech must, in a way, be separated from Hashem to be called speech. Clear, Sandra? Well, no. But I'll go with it right now. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It seems like, though, just like man was created separate from Hashem, but Hashem with his spirit into man. Right. So he's separate, but not separate. I mean, you can say this about... Um, man was created separate from Hashem. A physical entity. A physical entity. What makes man separate from Hashem? Why is man separate from Hashem? Because he's physical. So what's the problem? What's, Hashem? No problem. what's Hashem? Spiritual. Why? How do you know? I don't know. But I would assume so because he's so unhappy with idols. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm going to just play the other side, but Hashem is unhappy with idols, yeah. but he loves the holy temple that is physical. That's true. You don't worship it. The temple itself, it's the place, one of the places where you can, um, where Hashem resides. And it's a recognition that Hashem resides there. The Holy Temple is a place where Hashem resides, or one of the places that He resides. Okay. So Hashem is not physical? You're, you're, no. And for that matter, Hashem. I don't think speech is separate from action. One second. So you're saying Hashem, can, Hashem cannot be physical? So there's it's something Hashem He can't... Chooses. There's something Hashem cannot do? No, if he chooses to be, he can. So maybe he is. I would want an example. An example? A, a Torah scroll. The ark. The holy ark. He, created, he gave instructions for its being built. It's not totally independent of 
That's all I wanted to get to. Nothing, like exactly your words, fantastic. Nothing is independent of Hashem. Or let's put it the other way, everything is Hashem. Yes. <laughs> so that's why when you said Hashem, well, that's why when you said that Hashem created, that there was man and Hashem put energy into him, the truth is, there, there was no man. There's just Hashem. It's a hard concept, Sandra. By the way, don't get me wrong. I, it's hard. It's, it's hard. But what I wanted to go over was everything is Hashem. The sand and the energy with the, the dust from which the body was created and the soul within it are exactly the same. They're Hashem. You, then how can you say speech is not action? That the, lower, the only thing lower than speech is action. Okay. Because speech is action. For Hashem. For humankind. When, For I, animals. It's a type when I speak, I don't create anything. No, but... You, well, you create movement of the air. Okay. Right. Agreed. Agreed. But, I'm, but t t my speech cannot create a table. True. So there's differences between speech... For our shin, but we cannot say table, and there's a table created. Right. And therefore, speech and action are different energies. Only... From Hashem's perspective, not from man's. We can't. Speech is action. Could your hands create a table? Yes. Could your speech create a table? No. So they're different. Yes, but you can say, I created a cake. I made a cake. That's action. I ran a mile. I That's made action. a. My but, legs. But, but, but. Well, your words have no value in the sense that you could lie also. You're, I ran a mile is just sharing something. But you, you're not running a mile with those words. Speech right. can cause but something can to say, come about. I can say I made a cake and yeah. that alone will not create a cake on the table. Same thing. I can create a table. I can say I created a table, but that does not mean that there's going to be a table appearing in this room for my Ma words. Maybe I'm being unclear, Sandra. Which energy is more separated from you? Speaking or doing? I see speaking as a type of doing. I can't answer that. Speech... Well, I'm after the, the uh, what do you call it? The philosophy of Kenneth Pike, speech in relationship to a unified theory of human behavior. I see, I, I am totally bought into that, that speech is a type of action. I agree. The difference that I'm sharing though is that the action of speech that you're discussing mm -hmm. is much, much deeper than the action of walking. But only for Hashem. Oh, well, we could discuss this more. I, I, I hear it. Okay. No, I, don't want to, I don't want to go off topic. Meaning, I said I, only for Hashem, not for people. Okay, no, fair enough. We could discuss this more. But let's, let's, for now, accept that speech is deeper in, in this conversation. Speech, meaning we learn that there's, there is wisdom, there is um, thought, which is the deepest part, 
of your garment, speech, which is the middle, and action, the last. So where do we see within speech, within Hashem's speech, that it's separated from Him? And this is where we discuss evil. Two things. Number one, in our perception, Hashem's speech is separate from Him. Meaning, true Hashem's speech does not separate from Him. But when I look at myself, I feel separated. So this is one area where Hashem's speech separates from Himself, so to say, in our perception. Where does Hashem's speech separate from Him? Where does creation separate from Hashem? Answer number one is, in our perception. When I look around the room, I don't see one entity, unfortunately. It's, a, it's tragic for me to say this. I'm sorry for sharing my sins. But I don't see, right now, one entity of Hashem. I see, right now, around the table, numerous people. I see a window. And the truth is, the window and the human beings in this in, right now in this room look different. Although, perhaps, there is no difference, because we're all Hashem. Would that be a compliment to you if I told you you and the bottle of, of, of uh, water are the same? Sure. <laughs> I'm happy you take it in stride. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I got a lot of water in me. <laughs> my, my inclination would be not to be rude, and, but to point out, yes, of course, because I have the spark of Hashem in me. And that that's a significant difference from being the table. Now, there is a strain of thought, as you know, that says, since everything is Hashem, there is some of Hashem in this. Not and some. Not some. Hashem is fully in this table, 100%. Uh, I to modify <laughs> But uh, since, since I am uh, Hashem's creation and I have the spark, yeah. Of Hashem in me. The table also has I am a spark a whole, of Hashem. I am, but the table's not a holy being. I am. And therefore, since I am a holy being, I have an obligation to act in a holy manner. I agree. There are differences between you and a table. I, no, I, I fully agree. But I was trying to bring out a, a point that truthfully, we're all one. Truthfully, we're all one. And the holier, you, you, you look, the holier someone is, the more they care about the animals. And the, not, God forbid, in relation to human beings. Meaning human beings come first. But... But it's interesting to note that the Baal Shem Tov could talk to animals. But... If you, that's what, what's this halacha? There's a halacha, baltashchef. You're not allowed to destroy something. What do you mean? Why can't you destroy it? Why can't you take food and play with it? For many reasons. But one of them is because you don't take Hashem and tear him up. You can. You just have to be a certain age. <laughs> you don't take Hashem. You don't take a paper and just, you don't take a marker and just color on the wall. Why? Not because Hashem made a beautiful world. Everything is Hashem. That's, that's the way it is. You respect. So that's the first answer. Where do we see this idea of Hashem being separated from us? In our own perception. A wrong perception. Liz. So it's... Liz probably sees only godliness within everything. She could see it. But for some of us out there, which we don't, in our perception, Hashem is separated. Now, a second point. And this is where evil comes in. May I make one observation? 
This is where evil. This is what I really want to share. Okay. Hashem created evil. Evil exists. Like we learned previously, we, if you remember, we learned an example of the king who hired a harlot to try and catch his son. That's evil. Evil, evil is here. It has a mission. And, and it has a whole mission. But the energy inside of evil is, and we'll learn this more in depth, the energy inside of evil is as if separated from Hashem. Godliness is within... Is within I'm going I'm to use the term evil, although perhaps that's not the most appropriate term. But let's use the term bad. Perhaps that would be more appropriate for the specific wording we're discussing. Godliness is within bad. Ra. But the godliness within bad is as if separated from Hashem. Let's see this inside. We'll start and we'll see where we get up to. Something though that is not comfortable. You know, I would, I would like to think Hashem is separated from evil, though I know everything comes from Him. He is everything, but it's just, you know, you hear some horrible things. I want to share with you three stories. Very fast stories. Three stories. I must have shared them before. I love sharing these. Yitzchak walks into a room and he sees someone with a knife in the middle of stabbing someone else. What are you going to do? Attack the attacker. Attack the attacker. You attack the man. And he tells you, I'm a surgeon in the middle of performing a life-saving surgery. What are you going to do then? Excuse me. Story number one. Right. Story number one. Story number two. You see a group of people standing around a woman laughing. And she's crying. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, David? What would I do? Yeah. I would go over and take a hold of the woman so we need to get out of here now. Good. The rest of you stand back. Goodbye. Okay, that, that's a simple way to do it. I'm happy that you're not being physical. I mean, well, you need, <laughs> my experience is you need to be direct. You can't stand around and say, well, you know, it'd be nice. Not under more people, the less sense. And you go there and she tells you, these are all my friends. I just gave birth. I'm just in a lot of pain. But I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Okay, story number two. Story number three. You go and you see someone making a massive mess on a wall. And you get upset. And you come back a few days later and you see he made a beautiful painting. Three stories, they all have the same message. If you don't accept one, hey, hopefully you'll accept the other. But the message of all of them is that we don't know the plan. We don't know the plan. We don't know Hashem's plan. 
And our perception of good and our perception of bad is not the true perception. Hashem is a master plan. I just wanted to share that when you mentioned Hashem is within good and Hashem is within bad. <laughs> Let's start chapter 22 and we'll see where we go. Chapter 22, page 90. Wait, Please listen. Um, so something that is bad, it looks like a bad plan, could actually be the opening for a, something good. 150% correct. Let me share with you a direct example. The, the Sounds like you shared three. Uh, no, I'll share with you. <laughs> I'll share with you a four. Okay. I'll share with you a four. The holy temple was destroyed. But we learn that that's a great thing. Because the destruction of the Holy Temple allows for an even greater temple to be, to be built. An example of bad that's allowing good to happen. Yeah. You know, with your permission, I, I, I didn't plan, but I, with your permission, I want to summarize what we've learned. We'll learn inside next week. But I want to share a very insightful point on good and bad. Let's summarize where we're holding, and at the end we'll take comments. We've learned that Hashem created the world with speech. We said if Hashem created the world with speech, like the story of Moshe Rabbeinu, where Hashem's words are precise, the word of Hashem that this, that the world was created with speech, is precise. Speech means something that is from a lower level within a person and separates from him. How could some, something though separate from Hashem? And we explain two answers. Number one is it's separated from Hashem within our own perception. Number two is we're talking about bad which is as if separated from Hashem. Hashem is so disconnected. He has disconnected himself from it. But Hashem is so disconnected from bad, it's as if He's not there. That's, that's what we've discussed until now. I'd like to conclude with the Talmud. Talmud discussing the Holy Ark. On top of the Ark were, call it out, two angels. What tractate is this in? Yuma, I believe. Yuma? Yuma. Two angels. And the Gemara says, Seraphim. When Hashem was happy with the Jewish people, the angels were looking at each other. If Hashem was sad, the angels would... I've never seen this before. It was a miracle. But when Hashem was upset at the Jewish people, the angels would turn their backs to each other. That's the story. Okay, that's one section of the Talmud. Section 2 of the Talmud says... Didn't it happen on Yom Kippur also? Section 2 of the Talmud says... When the temple was being destroyed... That means Hashem was very upset at the Jewish people. If He allowed it to be destroyed. And our enemies entered the Holy of Holies. What did they see? The angels were looking at each other. That means that the moment of the ultimate bad, Hashem was loving us. That is very deep. What does that mean? 
to allow the destruction, Hashem was very upset at us. And yet, when the, ent- when the Holy of Holies was entered, that means this is the ultimate moment of destruction. Our enemies are at the holiest place in the world. This is the worst moment. And Hashem is showing us His love. He's not showing us His love. He's saying, I love you. So if you love me, why are you, why are you allowing this to happen? Clear, Basha? That's exactly what we're discussing now. Exactly what we're discussing. Bechal tsarasim lo tsar. I'm going to share something. It's a grammatical deduction in Hebrew. If you get it, good. If you don't get it, also good. Bechal tsarasim lo tsar. In all of our pain, Hashem is pained. When we are pained, Hashem is pained. Hashem is with us in everything. But Hashem at the moment, at the ultimate moment, at the, when the temple is being destroyed and our enemies are in the Holy of Holies, Hashem is saying, trust me, I love you. And this is the hardest part. And what's happening now is an act of love. You may, un- you may not understand it today. But at the ultimate moment of what we perceive as destruction, it's a moment of love. I'm not Hashem. I don't profess to be, God forbid. And I, so, therefore, I don't feel the need to have all the answers. But I know. Hashem, there is Hashem. The Torah is completely true. It's a Torah of truth. So there is no question that this is the way it is. To repeat. Hashem is with us in every single thing that happens. And that will we perceive the, the hardest moments... Hashem is telling us, not only I'm with you, but this is a moment of love. I can't explain it, but that's the way it is. And it takes deep faith to get there. Agreed. Love. Agreed. I could say deep faith or simple faith. <laughs> Either one. We didn't get inside this week. We'll, we'll get inside next week. Please, any questions or comments, concerns, verbal, <laughs> verbal attacks. <laughs> the only thing that occurred to me when you were going through all of this is that we know the Garden of Eden is purported to be between the Tigris and Euphrates, which, and then we have the story of Moses, which just goes to show that you may not be able to get a water, water from Iran, but you can always get water from Iraq. <laughs> Very good. I like that. Thank you. Very good. Any other questions, jokes we could add? Isn't it just simplified by the, the phrase of Hashem Echad? Hashem Echad. Hey, I like, I like that. Hashem is one. Everything is Hashem. Agreed. That's a good, simple way to put it. Yeah. I must confess that, and hate is not too strong a word in this case, I hate this passage. And I hate the passage where he goes up on the mountain and says, you're not going in, goodbye, you're, you're going to expire here. 
God is God, and we can't say this isn't fair, or we can, but I don't know that it's necessarily relevant, but I don't like it. I, it, it isn't fair. It isn't good. It's not a reason for faith. It's a bad passage. It teaches the wrong lesson. I allow every, everyone to have their own feelings, but I must, I must openly disagree and say it can't be a bad passage. If it's from Hashem, it has to be the, the fair thing. I don't know why. I don't know. And, but if it's in the Torah, it has to be. Where would the hidden love be? I don't know the answer, but it happens to be with Moshe Rabbeinu, the hidden love. One of the points shared is that, let's just take the Titanic for example. Imagine everyone in the Titanic died, aside from one, the sole survivor was the captain. How would that look to you? That's basically what you're saying. You're saying everyone died in the 40 years. They may have been wrong. They may have sinned by crying after the story of the spies, etc. But basically you're saying everyone, did, everyone should sink and the one person who's going to make it in is the captain. Did the captain do anything wrong? No. But Hashem said, you stay with your flock. At one point. Again, I'm not, again, I, I, respect, your, I respect your feelings. I just... Uh, I didn't expect you to jump up and say, <laughs> you're right. No. But, uh, it's just, okay. it, from an emotional standpoint, Fair. it's intolerable. You know, I, I, I love these classes because I feel like everyone shares. And that's, that's always the best. Thank you very much, everyone. We just touched the iceberg of the Titanic here. We just touched the iceberg. We've got a lot more to learn on this. Um, thank you very much. Have a good evening.